Hello and welcome to Maldorma TV. This is episode 22 and I'm Magnus Alberg. And I'm Tobias Alberg. In this episode we have another great guest, Matthew Ryan, the creator of Gamma Wave Healing. Yeah, and I met Matthew a few years back where I attended his workshop and I was very impressed by his healing modality as well as his life story. So we decided to talk about that in this episode, so we hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome to Maldorma TV. This is Tobias Alber, and today we have a very special guest, Matthew Ryan. Uh, Matthew Ryan is uh, the founder of uh, Gamma Wave Healing. He has his own unique uh, healing modality, healing technique that he has developed. Uh, he does private sessions, he has workshops around the world, and uh, you also run your website, website gammawavehealing.com. And welcome to the show, Matthew. Uh, thank you so much. I, uh, <clears throat> I really appreciate being here and uh, look forward to this uh, exciting conversation. Yeah, and uh, healing isn't something that we have touched on before in this podcast. So this is a, a new area that uh, we're go- getting into. And uh, therefore, it feels great to have you here as the <clears throat> ambassador of healing, if you will. <laughs> and uh, awesome. I, I always <laughs> felt like... Uh, in spirituality, there's a number of different paths you can take, and everyone has their path. And with this in mind, I just wanted to bring you along to uh, perhaps give a new perspective uh, to mm. show what you can do with healing, how it works, and so forth. Excellent. So, um, first of all, can you just give a brief explanation of what gamma wave healing is and the work that you do? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so I, I do, like as you said, I have a, a unique healing modality that I practice that is called gamma wave healing. Um, the name gamma wave healing relates to uh, the brain states. Uh, you know, our, our brains operate uh, in different frequencies, and um, the gamma state is the the highest frequency and is also the the least understood frequency. Um, usually operating in a realm, I believe it's from 40 to like 100 hertz um, is, is kind of the, the, the measurable brain activity on an EEG. And um, several years ago, while I was, uh, I had already begun practicing my, my healing technique, um, and I was, I was actually in communication with one of my spiritual guides. I, I was actually fishing. I went fishing for, for some trout. And uh, while I was uh, hiking, you know, I was having a conversation with, with her, with my guide, and I, I asked her, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to be teaching at one point and uh, down the road in the future. And um, what should I be calling this thing that I do? And she said, well, if you need a name, you can call it gamma wave healing. And I said, oh, OK, well, why gamma wave healing? And she said, well, when you are in the, the state, when you're facilitating a healing, you're actually in a gamma state in your brain activity. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And about six months after that, uh, I had an opportunity to do some um, trade exchange with a friend of mine that owns uh, a business that operates brain state technology. And so I I actually got hooked up onto an EEG and I was facilitating a healing on myself. And the brain activity that was being shown was a a gamma state. So I I thought that was that was really cool to get, you know, uh, 
scientific, uh, you know, technical corroboration of spiritual information that I had received. And so um, from that point forward, I just I started calling my technique gamma wave healing. Um, and it has, uh, you know, it since has evolved into a situation you know, where I have modalities that have been developed that I can teach. It's repeatable techniques um, uh, in various levels of workshops um, and as well, you know, work with with clients uh, individually to address healing, um, you know, self-healing and energetic activations, uh, of their energy body, um, you know, clearing certain energies, uh, and also, uh, opening up in communication into like the so-called channel state where I can pull in very high frequency information and, and bring that to people. Um, so that, that's essentially the, the kind of background of, of like how the, the modality like got its name at least and the, the very basics of, of what's involved. All right. And I think it's very interesting that you bring up the that you have tried it from a scientific point of view as well that you actually got hooked up and you could see that you got into the gamma yeah. state because uh, I feel like when you talk about healing a lot, in a lot of cases it's this uh hocus pocus thing where people don't really know or understand it. And Sure especially in the West, I think, but also if you look at the East um, from for India, where I have uh, had most of my interest, where I have studied and, and so forth, uh, the scriptures and uh, the saints who have lived there, uh, they mm -hmm. talk about cities, uh, like powers. And for yes. if you ask a yogi about these powers or these uh, cities, it's not something that's for them, it's scientific behind it. It's not something like a hocus-pocus thing, magic that's just happening. They understand it, how it works. And yeah. so it's. I think we are slowly starting to understand it over here in the West as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, I have kind of a, a quick funny story that is perfectly in line with that, where um, a few years ago, my, my son, I, I have a teenage son, and a few years ago, he broke his arm while ice skating. And so when I took him to the hospital um, and we were in the emergency room, the orthopedic surgeon that, that came in, he was uh, an Indian man. He was American, but he was he was from India. And um, he asked me what kind of work I do. And, you know, that that immediately kind of, you know, raises some questions in my mind going, OK, how how far do I actually go with this? Because in the West, um, for sure, you know, the reality is, is that. Uh, alternative or like holistic healing is is often approached like hocus pocus, like you say, or that it's not really real, it's not really effective. And so I kind of my my response was a little measured to him, and I said, "Well, you know, I work in holistic healing." And he said, "Oh, well, with what?" And I said, "Well, with energy." And he said, "Oh, you mean like Reiki?" And 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 the, his tone of voice told me that this was going to be an okay conversation. And I said, "Well, actually, you know, it's a very it's similar to Reiki, but I have my own modality." And this orthopedic surgeon said to me, oh, wow, I'm actually a Reiki master. And I, I was shocked. And I said, how <laughs> you're a Reiki master and you work at the hospital in, in the orthopedic surgeon unit. And uh, I said, how do your colleagues, you know, behave with you around that? And he said, well, you know, some of them like to kind of laugh it off. But what I tell them is that in India, you know, we've known about the chakra system for thousands of years. And he said, Western medicine is only about 100 years old. So, like, who's playing catch up here? You know, and so I thought that that was really wonderful that, you know, like this man was a bridge between those worlds. And um, for myself, I, 
you know, I was trained as a scientist. You know, I have a degree in environmental science from my university, and uh, I have a very, you know, linear scientific mind in some ways. And so part of my journey that maybe one of the most challenging parts of my entire journey with this has been to reach a place where I trust the information that I am perceiving, like the energy that I'm perceiving and trusting that it's real. And then taking that, you know, that information and then translating it into the the people that I'm working with and, you know, being able to corroborate the, the information that I receive. It's, it's very important to me. And so just like you said, you know, when I had that opportunity to hook up to the EEG and I was shown, I was in a gamma state, it it meant a great deal to, to my mind. And it kind of put aside a little bit of that doubt and, uh, you know, really, uh, helped me to, to, to more fully engage in, in this path that I'm being guided on. Yeah. And I think that's super interesting that he was into that. And I find that when you are, uh, talking about the work that you do, uh, are you, is it often like that, that, that you're hesitant to talk about it? And, uh, um, not any, not anymore. Um, when I first began this process, um, I, I had my own self judgment and my own self doubt, you know, that I was moving through. And so I probably would be hesitant like that. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, this was only a couple of years ago and I have no, there's no doubt anywhere about the validity of the work that I'm engaged in. But I, I think the circumstance of like, this is the doctor treating my son. I don't know if I want to create some weird situation with him. But um, because of where I live, also, I, I, I would like to speak to, you know, the way that our societies perceive reality. And um, where I live in the United States, uh, I live in Taos, New Mexico, which is kind of like a spiritual mecca in, in a way. It's like Taos and Sedona, Arizona and Mount Shasta, California. Those are like the three primary spiritual locations in the United States. Um, energetically speaking. And so I, you know, I don't have to edit anything about what I do. Um, even if I'm talking with somebody that maybe doesn't understand what, what I'm talking about, they, for the most part, I will receive no judgment. But when I go and I travel, you know, if I go back home to where I grew up in the Midwest of the United States, um, I can speak openly about it. And most people are very interested, but, uh, many people, they, they just don't quite have, um, the experience base yet to to understand uh, the depth of like some of the work that I get involved in. Yeah, and I find what I find interesting is once you start telling the truth without fear, uh, you get into these kind of situations where you just blur it out like, yeah, I work with this. And there you yeah. have this person who's, ah, oh, he's very interested in it and he has an interest himself. Uh, where if you would act on your fear, you would never get in contact with these people. It's like, Once you just let go, once you just go with the flow and just speak the truth, the universe will like repay that faith. That that's absolutely what I have experienced as well. And um, <clears throat> part of those initial stages of like moving through my own, you know, doubt, my own insecurity, uh, it, I, I was put into several positions with clients where uh, I was being given very specific information. Um, it's very specific information that I had no way of, of knowing, you know, no, and no intellectual knowledge at all. And, um, these were like universal plays. I feel, you know, that like, like the Leela, you know, that they talk about in India, it's like a universal play 
to help me to realize that the only barriers that are there are self-imposed. And so, you know, in these situations, every time that I went with the, the highest level of truth that was coming through to me without editing the truth based on where I thought the person could receive it every single time, it, it produced a profound shift for the person that received the information, uh, even to the point of like bringing me to tears, you know, in some cases, because I, I saw how necessary it was for that person to hear that high level of truth. And um, once that happened a few times, it, it really, I kind of dropped a lot of that resistance and just gave myself all in on, on what was being shown to me. All right. Uh, so if we rewind the tape back to where it all started, can you just give like a explanation how you got into spirituality and how you got into what you do today, basically? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you could probably imagine there's a, a lot of complexity to that story. But the, uh, the we, we say here in the United States, we have these little, like the Cliff's Notes version, you know, the basic version of it is... Um, you know, and when I was young, you know, I, I came into this world uh, different, you know, than than other children. Um, although I I do understand that all children come in with abilities that um, they tend to lose, I think, as they get socialized into their society. Um, but I, I came in with some abilities. You know, I I had regular dreams that would come true. Like I, I was like dreaming the future. Um, that actually really bothered me. Um, and I didn't share that. I don't remember sharing that with anybody, but I, I would try to change the outcome and I could never change the outcome of these dreams. And, um, you know, so that, that kind of upset me, but that was definitely an ability. Um, I had several experiences where I was able to communicate directly with animals, um, and, you know, hearing English in my head and like knowing that I was actually speaking with this animal, um, you know, so there, there were things like that, that, that were always kind of present with me. Uh, at a certain point I became a very normal child, you know, the, those types of experiences didn't happen. Um, but then I started having, uh, out of body experiences when I was a teenager, um, uh, which were strange and, um, not really unsettling, but I, it was very confusing. Um, you know, various things like that. So there, there was always a thread of energy running for me. Um, but w when I turned 19 years old, um, I had a series of experiences that um, really began putting me forward on a spiritual path. And, you know, at that time, I, I was an athlete. I played American football representing my university. So I was, a, you know, I wasn't an exceptional athlete, but I was athletics were very important to me. Um, you know, very, you know, social parties, you know, all that whole situation. And um, I, I had... Uh, a few different experiences that really reset me. And so, you know, I, I began this kind of spiritual esoteric seeking that felt very natural to me. Um, so I began reading a lot, you know, in my early 20s. Um, I discovered Carlos Castaneda, which I, I would bet some of your readers are probably or your listeners are familiar with. Um, you know, uh, Carlos Castaneda, um, this book, Bringers of the Dawn, which is a channeled information about the Pleiades. You know, that was a total activation for me when I came across that book. You know, the four agreements, many things like that. And so I, I was definitely seeking and seeking and um, came into contact with a friend who was working as a healer. And uh, I, I was kind of like, you know, I want what he has. I want to do what he, what he does. Um, after meeting this friend, you know, and, and beginning to learn some rudimentary techniques, energetic techniques, 
Um, I moved to Taos, New Mexico with my then girlfriend. You know, I ended up uh, marrying this woman and we, we had a family and um, we're no longer together now, but uh, uh, very good friends. And so I, I came here with her um, where she had grown up. And uh, in 2004, then I, I'd been living here for maybe nine months or something. And in uh, April of 2004, I was out hiking uh, up in the mountains all alone. And um, I ended up having a, a close encounter with a UFO. Um, and this was really kind of the, the pivotal moment for me doing the work that I'm doing now, um, although it, it took some years for me to realize the connection. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that experience was, uh, it was uh, definitely unusual. It wasn't like an everyday experience. Um, Can't imagine. Although, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I had always grown up knowing that like what is shown to us on television and movies about UFOs being that they're going to come here, they're going to eat us, they're going to enslave us, they're going to take our, our stuff. I mean, I always felt like there was a, a lot of um, false information through that. Um, and so, I, I, you know, when, I, when the UFO came down, it just like came down out of the sky. I mean, I, I was, it was a ran, random, you know, April day and I was up alone in the mountains. Nobody within like a mile of me for sure. I mean, I, I was high up there and um, this craft just came out of the sky and it, it came down from somewhere, you know, and it was uh, when I first heard it, it was a very high frequency sound. Um, and because of like the Doppler effect, it like it was like slowing down and the frequency changed. And so like it went from like a, you know, it was like a really low frequency pulsating waves of energy. Um, and uh, it was hovering directly above me, like right above the treetops. So maybe maybe 30 meters max above my head. Um, and the, the craft itself was uh, about maybe 10 meters long, roughly. Um, it was shaped like an almond. Um, and, uh, so it was kind of pointy on one side and then like had a blunted round end on the bottom. And, um, it, you know, it was, it was really interesting because my, my immediate thought, I, it, it was the lowest frequency I'd ever been exposed to. These were like just low, low frequency sound waves moving through every cell in my body. And it just like, I was more awake in that moment than I'd ever been in my entire life. And, uh, um, the, you know, my first thought was, wow, that's a low frequency, you know, and there's, there's like the scientific mind immediately. I was like, wow, that's a low frequency. And then immediately then I thought, holy crap, I'm going to get taken. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but I wasn't afraid even in thinking that there was no fear. And, uh, immediately I realized, wait, no, they're, they're not taking me. They're actually talking to me. And so I, I sat there again, like with rudimentary kind of energetic abilities, I, I was trying to tune in and, and I didn't get anything. Like there was nothing that, that I saw or heard or anything. And so I just, I gave up, like I just stopped trying and I just stood there and, um, this craft hovered above me for about 30 seconds. Um, and then it like rotated. It's uh, it was like oriented above me like this and it like rotated and then it flew up the Canyon that I was standing in, um, and uh, after probably about 30 seconds of traveling away from me, you know, I would say I would guess distance was maybe somewhere between one and two miles away from me, one mile away from me, maybe um, it uh, it like turned off and uh, like there was no more sound um, dead silent. The entire forest was silent. And then after about six seconds, I started hearing noises, you know, like squirrels and 
birds and the wind even in the trees you know it's like it was complete void of sound and uh, and i just started laughing and i was like oh my god what was that um you know and so from that experience you know that like i said it wasn't an ordinary experience but like i i didn't i, I just felt like something i'd always known all my life just got confirmed that this is real and this was absolutely like not an internal combustion engine this was like really 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 powerful energy i mean the the sense of the energy that was generated by that craft could like power an entire city i mean it was like it was really a lot of energy and um you know, then uh, fasting, fast forwarding, you know, I, I began um, in earnest, like learning about energy and uh, learned a, a healing modality called theta healing, um, which is fairly well known modality around the world now. And um, when I learned that modality, it, it activated um, some abilities within me. And very quickly, I started doing my own thing. And um, uh, eventually, you know, now like that, that occurred, the, the close encounter occurred in 2004. And fast forwarding then to the year 2009, um, I made a connection with, with uh, uh, a woman that became a very close friend of mine and my business partner eventually, or her name is Stacy, uh, Stacy Kripe. She, um, uh, Satya, she also goes by, uh, she is a very gifted regression therapist. And so we, we began doing some regression work um, to facilitate some healing for me in other areas. And uh, it was during my second regression that I did with her, she was told to go back into my close encounter, and which was a little surprising. Like, we did not intend to look at that. And um, so under hypnosis, going back into that, that experience, what I was told was that um, the beings, there were two beings on board the spacecraft. Um, and this was like a physical craft. You know, it wasn't like a, like a light ship. It was an actual physical, like, technology. Um, and uh, the two beings on board the craft, that they were star beings from the star system Alpha Centauri. So Alpha Centauri is our closest neighbor. Um, it's uh, very close to us, like four, little over four light years away. Um, I was told then that these Alpha Centauri beings, that they had lived on Earth many thousands of years ago in what we now call Peru. And they built massive pyramids there that were like, they're, they're actually still there, but they're covered in like trees and forest. And we think that they're mountains, but they're actually artificial pyramids. And so these beings, like they were, they're a very, very high civilization um, interacting with what we would call like Lemuria or Mu. You know, that's kind of the time frame that they were on Earth. And she literally came forward in time from that time frame the technology that they possess, they're able to jump like timelines. And so she came forward in time and she found me through my DNA. So they had like identified my DNA and were able to tune into my DNA um, because my DNA is related to her DNA. So she was essentially a past life incarnation of mine. And she came forward in time to find herself, me. And then what was happening in the communication was that they, they activated my DNA so there was this very high frequency sound that like that was being emitted to me um, that I could not detect at all. And with that very high frequency energy, they they activated certain sections of code within my DNA that then over the subsequent years produced the situation now where uh, really incredible healing gifts and sight, you know, psychic sight have come online for me. And uh, 
uh, and it's just continually evolving and changing. So they, they like really set something special in motion. So did, when, when that happened, when you had that event with the UFO, uh, did you feel back then that like there was a shift, like that moment you had, there was something about it just changed or did this, just, as you said, gradually evolve throughout time? Um, it, it gradually evolved. Um, I, I mean, the, the experience itself was, was a profound experience for me, um, but I didn't have any conscious level of awareness that like something had been changed within me. And, uh, but when I look back on it now, I mean, it's so obvious. It's like I, I went from being kind of interested in the esoteric to, um, you know, having very strong gifts in being able to help people. And once I stepped into uh, you know, a deeper level of embodiment. And then I received this information in 2009. It was like my mission began to unfold in a new way. And, uh, and I really yeah. fully stepped onto that pathway. I, I recognize that a lot as well, because I had a similar <clears throat> experience where you have this profound uh, experience. And when it happens, you just know that this was something important. You can't really, you don't have all the pieces of the yeah. puzzle to ex fully explain what happened. But as the spiritual yeah. journey progresses, you start to get all the pieces of the puzzle and you can look back like a few years back and just, ah, it was that that happened. And you, you yeah. kind of get the picture of, of what happened. And uh, yeah. when we talk about UFOs and uh, old societies, uh, I'm sure there's going to be skeptics uh, because this is sure. not something that uh, I guess every person believes. Uh, but I... Mm -hmm. When we look on Earth, and I, I usually think like this when it comes to UFOs, uh, if you look at all the the video videos of UFOs and all the stories and and whatnot, most of them are probably fake. Uh, there's mm -hmm. probably going to be a good amount that's made up by someone who may, wanted made a prank. Uh, but all it takes is that once is real. If one yeah. of them is real, <laughs> then we have proof that there exists. Yeah. So I usually Absolute, think about absolutely. think about that, and <laughs> if you look how big the universe is, how little we know about it, and uh, I mean, with science as it is evolving right now, the probability of life anywhere else but Earth is just growing by each year. The more they discover, oh, yeah. the more the likelihood is that it uh, it's a fact. And when it comes to uh, you also said about past civilizations on Earth. Uh, I think that is also starting to unravel. If you look at the work with uh, Graham Hancock, for example, I know you like yeah. him as well. Um, yeah. He's doing excellent research of all these ancient civilizations. And uh, what he shows is that on many occasions or on most occasions, uh, the age of like... Uh, the age age of these buildings are much farther back in time than we have originally anticipated. So our Absolutely. traditional uh, understanding of how long humans have been on Earth is being scattered with these discoveries. Absolutely, and that's yeah. I was going to. I was just thinking about Graham Hancock actually, as as you were speaking, because he. Um, you know, is one of these group of really important pioneering uh, researchers that he's looking into the actual hard physical evidence, archaeological, anthropological evidence that that really pushes back our timeline. But he also is an explorer of consciousness. 
And um, in his book Supernatural and in subsequent, uh, uh, you know, uh, presentations and like TED Talks and whatnot, you know, he really goes into actually the, the phenomenon of the UFO phenomenon. And he, he likes to shape it into a lens of, um, of uh, kind of maybe trans-dimensional experiences or like shamanic experiences. And so, um, I, you know, you're right. I, I think that is, you know, th- there's a, a whole range of things that are changing in our world right now, thank goodness. Um, and uh, that one of those involving our history and involving these these other, you know, our place in the universe, let's say, and all of these advanced technologies, it, it's being um, revisited in a very, very good way that is not just like woo-woo. And um, I don't, I'm sure that you probably have seen, um, you know, we are in the process of at least a soft disclosure right now where the United States government um, has authorized the release of uh, very, a couple of pieces of footage that were recorded by U.S. Navy fighter jets uh, about 10 years ago. And um, these fighter jets, you know, it's like they're gun cameras that are filming a UFO that they are chasing. And you can see the speed and you can see all of that. And it's on infrared. And then like these, these UFOs do maneuvers like they the one that just shoots off like perpendicular to the left in, in in a move that defies our understanding of what is possible through physics and this is the united states government which we know for the last 60 years has been actively involved in suppressing this information and now it's being released so um i i feel like we're in this moment where the the proof that like the skeptics need you know is going to be coming out in, in such a way that it begins cracking open their belief structure. And then those of us that maybe have direct experience or maybe have a different level of belief um, are going to probably end up being way showers for the rest of humanity as we like open this new door. Yeah, and I find that once the more you get into the spiritual journey, the more you, you explore within yourself uh, you kind of need to have an open mind because reality as we know it or used to know it is there is so much crazy stuff happening that we don't really understand <laughs> yet and you really need to have an open mind. Uh, so I think these kind of topics, um, you just have to have an open mind and go from your own experiences and start exploring basically. Just uh, don't be... yeah, Don't put up borders between like your mind so whenever something happens and when you hear these stories just listen to them you don't have to believe them but keep an open mind i think that is one of the most important things when it comes to spirituality absolutely and and this is you know something a thought that i'd had earlier when we were beginning to talk is that you know all, all around the world you know we have billions of people here in this world and um, the vast majority of them would identify with some type of spiritual belief system, you know, whether it be religious or uh, as a spiritual path or, you know, a belief in some other kind of energy or creator God or something like that, you know. And um, even even the people that, that maybe don't believe in those things, we, we all, every single one of us has this very unique perspective. And um, within that very unique perspective, we all have our own relationship to um, what we believe to be the truth. And, and I believe we all have our own relationship to like a connection into what I would call like the source field or like a, that kind of source prime creator energy. And um, I, I feel like it's very important right now for us 
to understand and to allow, you know, to to have the a wide range of understanding and, and allowing that everybody is in their unique place on their journey, whether they are consciously spiritually pursuing a path or um, whether or not they perhaps are are on, a, on another journey involving like religion or other belief structures. And um, what is part of what is changing in our world and in a kind of a big picture is that we are all being affected by these energies that are dismantling control structures. And um, the, as these, dis, these dismantled control structures fall away, um, it leaves us in this place of like, you know, authentically uh, trying to identify like where our own truth is and where the collective truth is. And so um, it's very important, you know, to, to honor everybody's perspective and their journey. And then um, while that's happening, it seems like we are being magnetized towards uh, our own kind of tribe of, of like-minded, like-spirited people um, through creating resonance fields. And uh, those resonance fields are like drawing us together so that we can accelerate our, our own growth however is necessary. Yeah, and I think, uh, as you said, we're all on different paths uh, leading, I believe, to the same source uh, where mm -hmm. we end up in the end is we're going to the same direction. And I think uh, yeah. there's a yogi called Sri M, which said something which I think is very beautiful, is that there are as many spiritual paths as there are people on Earth. So each person Absolutely. has their own journey. So you don't you can't be judgmental of like people going into a different direction. Uh, we're all on different paths, but we're all going to the same source. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So if we jump back a little bit to uh, your gamma wave healing, um, mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough to have a uh, private session with you. And also I attended your workshops. And I think okay. it's really nice. Uh, the private sessions was really powerful. Uh, the the workshops even more powerful I would say, and what I really like awesome. about uh, what you do with the workshops is that you teach this out. Uh, I think you said mm. uh, during the workshop that well, I can't meet every single person on earth, so I just go and teach other people how to do what I'm doing, and I think that's a beautiful <laughs> approach. Yeah, yeah, that's um, th that's definitely something that is uh, is important to me and kind of at the the core of what I'm doing, um, you know, they, I, I may have these abilities, you know, I've had this experience that activated natural abilities in a way that the vast, vast majority of people in this world, you know, they haven't had those kinds of experiences. And so, you know, maybe within my own, um, you know, way of being my own gifts, um, you know, maybe, maybe those are a little bit different or a little bit special. But when um, when I first went over to Sweden to teach, um, I, I ended up essentially kind of checking in with my own guidance and saying, how do I how do I take what it is that I can do and make it like repeatable? Like how how can I transmit this to people in a way that will assist them in being able to do this, either as healers or just within their own life? And um I was ended up I ended up being given a very specific pathway for me to follow. And um, within that, as the different workshops developed and as things continue to evolve, you know, to today, um, that is really the focus is that the the people that perhaps are going to be drawn into 
um, this type of modality, you know, they will be, you know, drawn to me through synchronicity or through connection. Um, and, uh, you know, those that are, that are able to learn the, the techniques, you know, they can take that information or those, it's really frequencies. It's like frequencies that get transmitted through me to you. And then when you go, uh, back into your home and to your family and to your community, it's like those frequencies can get distributed to the people around you, even if you are not at a conscious level of understanding that I'm here transmitting these frequencies, you know, the energy just kind of emanates through resonance, you know, out of your field. And, um, in this way, it's, uh, it, it, we can have a very big effect in, in helping the world, you know, much, much bigger actually than me working in private sessions. Um, which this actually is like kind of dovetailing nicely into, um, I I've been feeling for some time that there was going to be a bit of a direction shift with the work that I'm doing. And, um, we just actually, uh, have announced today, it's, um, kind of going out in a couple of different ways that, um, you know, I'm going to begin focusing a little bit more on kind of broad scale teaching and presentations at like conferences and workshops at like conferences or festivals. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm not going to stop doing, you know, healing sessions. I, I definitely love doing the work one-on-one, -on -one, but I feel like, um, there, it's really important for us to, to be able to distribute the, the gifts and the information that we're receiving and put it out there available to people in, in a wide way, because people all around the world right now are like, they're really waking up and they're really seeking for, you know, truth other than what they've been told all their life. And, um, so I, you know, that is something that, that I'm going to be actively, you know, making some changes like, you know, putting podcasts, putting guided meditations up on my website, you know, putting, maybe doing webinars, you know, so that, that these, these things that are being brought to me can be, can be shared in, in a little bit wider of a way. And then that empowers people. Uh, that sounds awesome, and uh, I guess this is a good synchronicity, a good uh, um, way or good time to do this interview or do this podcast if you're heading <laughs> towards cool. that direction. <laughs> so that's yeah, a nice absolutely. synchronicity. Um, yeah. Uh, just regarding a bit of your private sessions, how would you usually work with with the clients? Uh, do you do the clients usually come with? Uh, a list of these things I wanna want help with, or do you simply go into the room with you and you can, like, just do a scan or check out what this person needs? Um, I, I actually, both of those, you know, um, the so the private sessions uh, usually are done either in person or uh, done remotely via Skype or like I use WhatsApp and Viber, um, any kind of video conferencing. Um, And so when someone schedules a session with me, they most often they have a specific desire that they want to look at. You know, they have a specific situation in their life. Um, sometimes they do come in wide open and they say, you know, I've just I've heard that, that you do really neat things in your healing sessions. I just want to experience it. Um, so. Uh, usually what we do, like if we were saying like, let's say you, you just have booked a session with me and we're starting right now. Um, usually we're going to talk for a few minutes in order for you to be able to share with me, um, what it is that's on your mind or what it is that's going on physically, um, energetically. And while we're communicating, I begin receiving information. So this is kind of the, 
one of the characteristics of operating in a gamma state is uh, it's essentially like a crown chakra be- becoming open. And I, I call them getting a hit. Like I'll say like, oh, I just got a hit about something. And when I get that hit, it's like information that streams in through my crown. And um, or maybe it like rises from somewhere else in my field. And uh, that information then is usually very, very specific about the situation that you're describing. So once we, um, you know, once we, we kind of figure out the direction that we're going to go, um, I almost always begin the session by doing an energetic clearing that I call a hitchhiker clearing. Um, so that this clearing goes through and it clears any hitchhikers that maybe you've picked up on accident. Uh, you know, these could be like parasite energies. They could be energetic implants. Uh, it could be, you know, connective cords with your ex-girlfriend or, you know, your mother or whatever. And so like we go through and make sure that all these things get cleared away so that there's no uh, interference uh, in the process. And then at that point, you know, if we've identified a specific situation that we want to look at, um, I would check in, I would do a meditative uh, check-in where I begin receiving very specific information again, and I will be directed, um, uh, you know, how we're going to approach this uh, as far as, you know, clearing something energetically. when we do those clearings, sometimes it's me through like my own intention, techniques and skills that I've learned. Uh, a lot of times it's actually the spiritual guides, either your guides or my guides will come in and I'll see them, you know, I see them kind of clairvoyantly in my sight, in my third eye, they'll come in and I'll see the energy shift and change and, and get cleared. And, um, you know, at that point then like I would come back in and share with you what it is that I, I see happen. Um, you know, again, for the kind of like skeptical, logical mind, if we are in person or remote, we can always use muscle testing, uh, applied kinesiology to muscle test the situation just so that, you know, your mind understands that what we're doing is real. It's, it's not, you know, make believe, um, is what we say in, in English. And so, um, yeah, that, those, that would be kind of a typical, a typical session would look like that. We start with a hitchhiker clearing and then we go through and, and usually move through a few different layers that are going to be directly related to your situation. Um, you know, the exception to, to that process would be if you are coming in for a reading um, because this gamma state allows me to get into a channel state where I can channel information. Um, and, uh, you know, in that case, then we would, we would do channeled readings after doing a hitchhiker clearing. Uh, so that's kind of the baseline of what the sessions, private sessions look like. Yeah, and it, it goes in line with with what I experienced uh, during my private session with you. And so basically I came in with three things that I wanted to touch on. I think I explained the first one and maybe the second one. Then you kind of just picked up yep. on the third one, even though I didn't explain it. <laughs> and also, <Good>. what, yeah. <laughs> and uh, also what I found was that or at least this is my interpretation of it, is that you, as a person going in, as a client going in for a healing session, you need to be ready to let go of that. So if you have a resistance of letting go of that things that you, uh, yeah, let's say you have a, I don't know, can't come up with an example, but something, some desire that you want to let go of. And if you're not willing to let go of that, it's not going to work. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that's a really good point because 
um, even though there are things that I am facilitating, you know, as either like a conduit for the energy or facilitating healing, um, you yourself are actually doing the healing. Okay. Um, so that's a very important point to understand in that, um, you have to be committed, you know, to seeing these things through, um, the way that the, that the techniques, uh, operate is that these, these energetic clearings, they are instantaneous and they are permanent. Um, the exception to that, uh, is that, you know, the instantaneous thing occurs energetically, but sometimes there's a lag time of, as it integrates into our physical body in this density, the permanence, um, it's always going to be a permanent shift unless you yourself continue making choices, uh, in how you've been engaging with that pattern of energy. So like, let's say as an example, um, you know, let's say, uh, self-sabotage, you know, like maybe you have, uh, you want to start a new business, but you've got this like irrational fear coming up that it's going to fail. And you look at your past and you've had a couple of other businesses that fail. Well, when we are working with each other, you know, we, we will identify some patterns of energy that maybe are related to your past. Maybe it's even past lives, like other lifetimes. Maybe it's um, because of the family. It's like belief structure that you grew up in, in your family. And we'll go through and we make changes to those energetic patterns. And those changes, then they, the, the patterns leave and new patterns come in that are going to support you. And so when I do the clearing, and I'll, I'll ask your permission. I say, do I have your permission to clear this program? And assumingly you say yes. And then I say, are you ready to let that go? This resistance within you that does not want to let go of this pattern of energy. And if we're not really ready to, to change and heal ourselves, to, what to tell you then, you're probably not going to end up, you know, changed or, or with self-healing. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's a very important part, uh, to, to be, you know, where your mental state is and how prepared you are to see these changes come into your life. Yeah. And what I found as well is, uh, with healing, because, um, there's also, I think within spirituality or certain areas is, um, I, I personally, I have to say, before I met you, I was really skeptic towards healing, and I came in mm -hmm. with a skeptic mind with this uh, to your healing session. Um, as you know, a good friend of ours uh, <laughs> made that connection, so we were able to meet. So I figured, oh, well, let's give it a try. Uh, but okay. I came in as, a, in as a skeptic, and I <clears> had this issue that I had been working on, and I was trying to let go of. I had this willingness of letting it go, uh, but in my mind, I kept having these thought patterns that just. I ended up doing the same mistake over and over again. Uh, and yeah. what I found after, uh, so I, when I was in, came into the private session, there was a real willingness of letting this go. Okay. Um, but what I found after the healing session, I could feel this instantaneously as you like the energy moving through my body and like removing it and changing my thought patterns was that afterwards, the thoughts that would normally come up in these situations were just not there anymore. They didn't come mm. up. So um, mm. so I, I see it with healing. Is it's, it's a great tool in order to help you. Like if you have something that's blocking you, use it as a help. It can really yeah. like things that are really hard for you to let go. It's not a weakness to ask for help and like take mm. every tool that you have in order to 
make you progress on your spiritual journey. So I, I, I found it extremely useful and it was a extremely good use for me and really helped me on my spiritual journey. I'm really glad to hear that. And that's, uh, you know, thank you. That is like a, a perfect <laughs> testimonial yeah. of, of the way that the process ideally works. And, um, you're exactly right. You know, that, that the willingness to, to, uh, experience these changes. I mean, that, that's maybe the most important thing because that, that puts you into a vibrational alignment where the energy that's coming through me, uh, or the energy that is coming into you can then actually facilitate those changes. And so when, um, you know, like speaking about like those mental patterns, the thoughts rising, that's probably one of the most common things is that, when we shift these energies, we shift an energetic pattern, those energetic patterns are often directly connected to, um, ah, here comes my cat. The, uh, the, those patterns of energy are often directly connected to our thought process and what ends up creating and reinforcing the negative experience that we're having. A lot of times it's literally is our mind. It's literally the, the pattern of energy that is cycling through our mind that creates a story that reinforces the situation. And so the, the ideal is when we clear these patterns that literally the way that the thought rises within your field changes. And because you're, you have that desire to change when, when the, the thought process changes, um, you know, what ends up happening then is that, uh, you end up able to kind of repattern your reality and those thoughts don't rise anymore. So therefore the negativity, the, the reinforced negative pattern isn't present in your field as much anymore. And then you can make very conscious choices to redirect, you know, the direction of your life. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, as I said, it was a really changing experience and I don't, I can't say that it was just a placebo effect. Uh, because okay. the, the, the thoughts that would normally come up, they weren't there anymore. Even if I went into right. the room and said like, yeah, and, and, and truly believed of the healing and it was the placebo effect acting. Uh, sure. I really felt like a big difference in my thought patterns and like it, these programmings that I had, but like my automatic thoughts that just came up, they were gone. It was just silence there yeah. where it used to be these automatic thoughts. So that was a really cool experience. That's excellent. <laughs> and uh, uh, the workshop as well um, was also really cool because there you we did some DNA activation. And mm -hmm. because after the session, I was like, okay, uh, let's do the workshop. I'm all for it now. <laughs> so I was really excited going into that. And this kind of connects with my past story, what happened during the workshop, because when you did the gamma wave uh, activation. I think you did it for the entire group. Um, yeah. what happened to me was that I connected with an energy that, uh, connected so much of my puzzle. Um, so I connected with uh, Babaji, uh, Mahavata oh, Babaji fantastic. and that kind of energy. Yeah. And so basically he just came, uh, I think you were guiding us through a cave, like down the water and into a cave. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the funny thing is, was like uh, it was Babaji there, and he just walked into my heart, and it has connected with so many things afterwards, where I have come into connection with people and teachings which are 
closely connected to Babaji and what he's doing, so or what he was teaching. So that's that was an interesting synchronicity as well. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's yeah. Babaji was actually uh, early on in my process before I really started working with clients. Um, I ended up doing. A, I did a channeled reading for a friend of mine, and this friend had been a monk in the Self Realization Fellowship, uh, which was uh, Yogananda's group, mm-hmm. and. Um, I had never heard of Babaji and I was doing a session for him and this guide came in and I said, Oh, there's this guy here named Babaji. And, uh, and my friend said, Oh my gosh, like that you're speaking with Babaji. And so he ended up asking me to go in and communicate with Babaji. And I, I drew a connection in with Babaji and that was, and that was like in Shambhala. Like we went to Shambhala in order to make that happen. And, um, I, you know, I had no intellectual knowledge about Babaji at that time. But when I was speaking to him, my friend began to cry. You know, it really, really moved him. It was, it was beautiful. So that that's a, another fun synchronicity there with you. I don't, I didn't remember that you had connected with Babaji during that meditation. <laughs> All right, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been closely connected with the spiritual work that I do. I got into Kriya Yoga after that, and that's something that was okay. originally brought by Babaji to to us uh, here at Earth. So. Uh, there's been a lot of synchronicities uh, with him, so it was funny that that came up during the during the workshop. And I also remember that um, when that happened, when we did the DNA DNA activation later on in the in the workshop as well, uh, that was really powerful. And I just I can't really explain everything that happened. I I don't know what I, what happened. <laughs> uh, just that yeah. energy work really happened and. Uh, I just remember like sitting afterwards on, in the chair and just being uh, high, <laughs> like <laughs> in a really high state of being. So uh, I can definitely vouch for the authenticity of these uh, these healing sessions. And as I said, I came in as a skeptic. So um, so that was a really interesting and a fun experience to both be on your session and on on the workshop. Excellent. Well, yeah, I appreciate that feedback. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, you guys had a really good workshop that day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just want to touch on a little bit on, because I think you mentioned that the primary source or the primary energy that you work with is, I can't remember the name, um, at least at that time, was it more like geographical oh, shapes? Um, uh, with uh, Was this in relationship to Metatron? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, uh, often called Archangel Metatron or just Metatron. Um, Metatron is a, um, uh, in my understanding, Metatron is an infinite field of energy and consciousness that uh, kind of permeates all of our reality. Um, You know, people label Metatron as Archangel Metatron, and that is accurate. But um, unlike other archangels like Michael or Gabriel or, you know, the very, very well-known ones, um, I don't see Metatron ever manifest into an anthropomorphic shape. You know, it's like I don't see like a dude with wings and like a sword, you know, that that's more in the realm of like Michael. (laughs) But um, uh, Metatron, though, like you said, with the geometries and the shapes, um, Metatron relates to the, the underlying nature of our reality that is like how frequency or vibration gives rise to manifest reality, like manifest patterns of reality. And so, um, because of that, Metatron is connected in with sacred geometry, 
um, is connected in with, uh, you know, all all levels of reality, really. And being a field of consciousness, um, it is responsive. And so through this work that I've done, I've received these activations and connections in working with the Metatron field where we can um, we can get information. Um, we can also facilitate just incredible healings that will be facilitated through that field. Um, it's a very high density or high vibrational field. So a lot of the issues that we are experiencing here on Earth it's like we can lift ourselves into that higher state and then we're just working with pure energy and there's no story. There's no wounding. There's no, there's nothing like that, you know, not even effects like energetic implants or chemtrails or any of these kinds of things, you know? And so then we can work up here and then we can bring the energy back down and it will integrate through your field and can produce really incredible changes. Hmm. And when you talk about these different energy fields or these different, like, you, yeah, Metatron, was it that name? Uh-huh, Metatron, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Gabriel and so forth. Um, there's, I, rem- I can't remember where I heard it, but uh, the story was that, or the, the saying was that um, you kind of, with these different energies, if you're more into, like, Hinduism, uh, you're more mm-hmm. likely to get, uh, like, if you have a physical expression of these energies, you're more likely to see, a, like, Ramana Maharshi or Neem Karoli Baba or these saints that you associate with with these energies. Uh, but if mm-hmm. you're more into, like, the Gabriel and, and so forth, you're more likely to see that kind of energy. So I sure. think we are talking about the same thing. It's just different yeah. forms of the same source. I, I agree that that is, um, you know, there may be certain things like, uh, like I said, like a frequency field for Metatron, like that may be like, we could identify that universally as Metatron, but the way that those energies manifest for people, I, I think you're exactly right that we, we tend to filter our reality based on, you know, who we are, where we've come from, what experiences we've had, um, I actually like just as a, a quick example, I had a a regression that I received um, probably about a year ago. Uh, my friend Vivica, who um, she is a, a regression therapist and hypnotherapist that lives in Denmark, and she was doing a session with me over Skype, and suddenly this being presented itself, and this being was just like magnificent. This this was a light being of a very very high level. The energy was just extraordinary, and um, as, as my perception began to shift, I saw this being kind of standing with like a human body, like human legs, human body, but it had like six arms, like, so multiple arms and like this amazing head, you know, but it was all like a rainbow light body. And when I, I asked, I said, who is this being? Like, I'd never seen anything like it. And I said, who is this being? And I was told this is Ganesha. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. Because, you know, my image of Ganesh, you know, is typical elephant head God, you know, sometimes with multiple arms, but like a human body and an elephant's head. And so that's a perfect example of like at the pure energetic level, this was a being that transcended all, all images, you know, and is, it just is, you know, and yet through the lens of the normal perception, the way that this being is portrayed, you get these symbols that kind of 
summarize, you know, or embody those, those energies. And yet underneath it, you know, the actual authentic being that is embodying that Ganesha energy probably crosses over into all traditions around the world, you know, and, and just has different names. And so that was a really neat, uh, experience to like awaken into that, that understanding. Yeah. Uh, and I think that if you just go back to the workshop where, uh, we were working with, with perhaps the same energy in the room, but my expression of it was Babaji because that's, that resonates with me, uh, perhaps some past lives or whatever. Uh, that's just the reason why I connect to Babaji, but the person next to me like might be a Christian and he might see Jesus, for example, or yeah. uh, the next person might be a Hindu and see Ganesha or whatever. Uh, so absolutely, I think that it's, I, I think it's just an expression that resonates with you and, so you can like take in the energy and just uh, translate it from from the source from the energy into something physical that you can process with the mind in an easier way yes um so when you do the healing is that uh, your spiritual practice what 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 is your end goal if you will what why are you doing this is it to help people or do you have like uh in Hinduism, they talk about self-realization and they talk about uh, God-realization within Buddhism and so forth. Is this uh, something that you're thinking about as well? Or how is your thoughts going on that area? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, uh, you know, both of those, maybe, that they're, the work that I am doing now... Um, Absolutely, I believe that this is related to kind of a broader spiritual mission that I came into this world with. Um, you know, I have uh, uh, some of those experiences, you know, some of the knowing that I had when I was very young. You know, I, I, I recently, uh, well, I guess it was a few years ago, I had a very clear, lucid memory from when I was like five years old. And when I was five years old, I knew that I was here to change the world. There, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, because I'd been watching movies or any, there, there was a definite knowing that like I was here for a very specific reason and I forgot that reason. <laughs> and then I've had to remember that reason. Um, so part of my understanding is that, um, you know, that, that I am here, uh, you know, as like what we call a light worker, you know, that I, I have come here very specifically in order to help bring maybe certain frequencies into this world to, uh, to facilitate helping other people access certain frequencies, all of which is ultimately intended in generating awakening. So there's like, there's a mission element that, that for sure that I am enacting by doing the work that I do. Um, simultaneously to that, there's also my own personal journey, um, where, you know, I, I've, I've walked in this world with a tremendous amount of grace, you know, the, the, the trauma that I've experienced or the challenges that I've experienced, they, they pale in comparison to some of the traumas and challenges that other people have to experience in this world. And so I've been held in a, in a very like grace filled, very safe way through a lot of my life, which has allowed me to explore a lot of things. You know, I, I had a, a family that I grew up in that was, um, very much encouraging, always encouraging me to to do what it is that I wanted to do. To so even though I have a college degree and I'm not doing anything related to my college degree, my parents still support me. You know, in the fact that I'm following this other path, even if they don't really understand it. And so, you know, I've 
I've been supported. And I think all of those, all of these circumstances of my life have, have brought me into a place where I, I know that there is a path of self-awakening that is my path. Um, and ever since I was young, I, I had a deep sense. I, I didn't know how to translate it in the same way that I do now. But even when I was young, I, I knew that this wasn't like a karmic incarnation of mine that I was just going to be like recycling and balancing karma and that I get to come back another time in order to like heal that wound between me and my sisters or, you know, whatever it wasn't, it's not like that. It, it feels like there's an opportunity that's available, you know, to me as an individual to wake up out of the dream. And, um, you know, my work is a, a vehicle to like propel me forward on that, that path of self-realization. Um, and with that, I also really do believe that the kind of cosmic energy that is, is moving through our world, you know, undeniably moving through our world right now, I believe that an aspect of that, it, it provides an opportunity for a mass awakening that, that on a very, very wide scale, you know, maybe not everybody, but that like a lot of people have an opportunity to stop participating in the so-called like wheel of karma or stop participating in these unconscious incarnations and like begin to wake up and recognize just the utter magnificence of what's going on here in, in this world. And, and so it's, if that answers your question, I feel like, you know, there's a definitely yeah. a mission component <laughs> and then there's like a personal mission component as well. Yeah. And I, I definitely share that experience because, uh, or that statement, because I had an experience where, um, where it was quite shown to me that there is a big awakening happening on earth and it's going to be large scale as you said and i kind of had this feeling like i uh what i'm doing here is just to try to make other people aware of this awakening of this thing over there that we're running towards like and the, the beautiful thing about it is if you look around the world uh previously you might have enlightened people here and there like you have cool. Jesus, you have your Neem Karoli Baba, Ramana Maharshi, uh, Martinus, and all these kind of people who are uh -huh. awakened, uh, who had like planted seeds of uh, uh, teachings for us to, to look at. But what I sure. saw in my experience is that mm. this is going to be a grand awakening where a lot of people yeah. are going to start waking up. And it was just uh, what I saw in the in the experience was that like I was running to or looking at this uh, like the self-realization or the understanding of who you are. And instead of just going by myself, I started to look around at all the people like, come on, guys, look at this up here. It's totally awesome. Let's, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. Because that that kind of experience is going to be something unique where you have this grand scale of people all experiencing the awakening. And that is... Yeah it felt so more satisfying than going alone on this journey and realizing it that yeah. it felt more satisfying to be as bring a lot of people in. Like we're doing this together. It's going to be such a large scale. Like th the phrase that kept coming up was the perfect awakening. And we're mm. going towards the perfect awakening where we are just gathering everyone towards the same goal. Uh, we'll see yeah. how that ends out, but that was just a, a cool experience that I that I had and uh, really powerful as well. Um, so I share your statement on, on that uh, that subject or that uh, yeah. Yeah, I you know I think that that's um, 
that's that's awesome and that is exactly what i'm perceiving and um you know my my friend stacy that i had mentioned that i'd done the regression work with um she uh has a very strong connection into india and um she told me a, a little while ago this is a few years ago she said that um in india they as they understand the yugas the way that the yugas move through that uh, if we are in the tail end of the kali yuga right now that you know the kali yuga maybe being um and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe being like the the summation of like the the biggest separation between like you know the the spirit like the human spirit and like the creator spirit, and so in that like separation that illusion of separation, um, you get more awakened beings begin to come into the world in order to create balance within those frequencies. So what we end up seeing now is that we we are seeing a mass awakening that is like a wave uh, of, of awakening that's moving through our world. And, um, you're right. Like those great teachers, those avatars, you know, that they anchored frequencies into our world through their teaching, through their, their practices. And now what seems to be happening is like, it's not necessary for like the big grand teachings. It's more, what's more necessary is, yeah, the, the mass, the, the mass consciousness shifting and beginning to realize that there's, there's, something entirely different going on here than what we've been told. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, once you go down the rabbit hole, it just, <laughs> the, th the more you yeah. find out, the more, uh, the bigger, the greater. Um, it's, so it's, it's much more interesting down the rabbit hole than above the <laughs> yeah, rabbit hole. For so. sure, for sure. Um, so that answers the, the end goal, I guess. Um, and I think... Uh, that's really interesting to have covered that. But so you basically see healing as a tool uh, for you to like help people wake up. Is that a fair statement? Um, I, I, w I would see it as a tool um, to help people wake up. I there's something around the healing work that feels like is um, deeper within me as as a core mission that it's something uh, maybe related to like the service to others alignments or something like that it feels like it really does bring me joy to to be in that type of dynamic with with the clients um but uh yeah the the things that have come through me whether they be specific you know techniques for healing or different teachings whatnot it feels like it is all you know moving us closer and closer towards that kind of mass awakening or individuals awakening within the masses um you know, wh whatever the situation is that somebody can can bring, you know, to the table that they need some support with, I think there's a perspective available that we can uh, kind of go into, uh, vibrate into a perspective where we see that even in that personal journey of their healing, that the end goal of that is to to put them into more of a more authentic, more, um, you know, a true understanding of themselves, and and, and uh, you know from that place, then they can get into closer and closer, or like more harmonic alignment with that ultimate awakening. Which, you know, I, I really believe that every single human being that is incarnated on Earth right now is participating in this this grand awakening or this grand shift in some way. And um, Many of these beings maybe are, are participating because they need to wake up or they're supposed to wake up. Others perhaps are participating through giving a voice to unconscious energies that like need expression. And these would be like, you know, we, we can look at the so-called like sleepers or normies, you know, people that are just like 
they appear hopelessly trapped in the matrix, if you will, and they will not wake up out of the matrix. Well, from this other perspective, we can understand that that even those people that are refusing to take the red pill, they're still playing out their perfect divine role of awakening because they are creating polarity reflections for the other people that are seeking, you know? And so it's, it's all, it's all a beautiful arrangement, you know, the grand play and uh, you know, who are we to ever judge where somebody's at within that process? Yeah. And I think that's one of the, one important thing is, is to, to be humble uh when you yeah. go into this and just don't be judgmental um i think it was martinez uh he was a, a danish uh he called the enlightenment or self-realization he had the word cosmic consciousness that he had achieved okay. cosmic consci consciousness and he said that uh there is not a grain of sand in the desert that isn't where it's supposed to be like everything is planned out there's nothing happening in the universe that's not supposed to happen so there's right. a force behind it that's uh yeah knows what it's doing and you just have to trust that source and not go yeah. into the ego mind thinking that you know best just go with the flow yeah yeah if you remember um there was uh i forget which movie it was it was either what the bleep or the secret There, there was a, a a doctor in one of those movies. His name is Joe Dispenza. Um, he was a, a chiropractor, kind of turned neuroscientist. And um, uh, this is something I would recommend everybody watch. There's a video on YouTube um, that is called "Evolve Your Brain." Uh, that is a presentation by Joe Dispenza. And I, I think it's during this presentation he talks about how every single second of every day of your entire life there are like literally over one trillion chemical reactions and like operations that are occurring in, in your body every second of the day. And, you know, to look at that and understand, you know, we couldn't ever possibly conceive of controlling that situation. And so he, he sees that as a scientist of being like, this is the presence of this divine mind of, of the the prime creator the source field the god consciousness the buddha con christ consciousness what, whatever you want to label that as that that's like it is it's evidence and and so i think that fits perfectly as like you're saying you know that there isn't a single grain of sand out of place and and when you look at that and you realize that there are there are more planets or, or more more stars you know in in the the universe than there are like grains of sand anywhere on the entire earth you know and it's like the scale of what is occurring right now that we are waking up into is just mind-blowing and uh, that's where that humbleness i think is really an important thing to remember <laughs> yeah and it, it's funny how just the mind works how the ego works that uh, when you look look at this even though i just looking at myself even though i fully believe in this i fully trust in it I still get caught in these ego minds and just thinking that my mind knows better than the universe and you end up doing these mistakes. And uh, But I guess it's a learning process until we get there. Um. <laughs> it is. That is like one thing that I, I definitely am grateful for is this position of understanding that like I am constantly learning and, yeah. uh, and it's, um, it is everything, it's ever changing. And uh, I definitely am never... I never can get bored doing the work that I do. It's really, uh, I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so what's what's up 
what's next for Matthew? Uh, you talked about go going to conferences. Uh, are you going mm -hmm. to travel around the world? Uh, where can, if people want to get in contact with you for a session or if you, where are you, what are your plans in terms of traveling and doing workshops and for so forth? Um, absolutely. So if, if people are interested in a session, you know, we can work remotely. So it won't matter where I am as long as I can get on the internet. Um, and the easiest way to arrange a, a session would be to go to the website, um, which is gammawavehealing.com. And um, when you go on there, you can click book a session. Um, as far as, uh, you know, and then those sessions can have a duration of anywhere from 30 minutes to 90 minutes. Um, uh, although for first sessions, usually I recommend 60 or 90 minutes just because we have to spend a little bit of time kind of getting familiar with the situation. Um, beyond that, you know, looking at uh, what's what's upcoming for me, I've actually got several several things that are that are uh, either solidified or in the planning stage right now. Um, so looking forward, the the first thing that I know is um, is is planned is in uh, April, uh, I'm going to be traveling to South Africa to present at a conference in South Africa. So um, I uh, am good friends with uh, the South African researcher, Michael Tellinger, and um, he and uh, his partner have put together uh, a really incredible festival. Um, I, I believe that it is April 12th through the 15th, and um, it's in northeastern South Africa, um, and up in a really beautiful part of the country, um, kind of near the Kruger Game Preserve. and um, it's uh, it's going to be a, a gathering. It's called the Ubuntu Festival. And so um, if anybody is, if you're familiar or not familiar with Ubuntu, um, uh, Michael has led a, uh, a movement uh, worldwide, a global movement of, of people coming together and creating communities with each other in the recognition of that, like if, if, if something doesn't benefit, you know, everybody, it doesn't benefit yourself. And so... Um, you know, this is a, a really powerful movement that is, is going all around the world. And so they're putting together the first Ubuntu festival, which I believe they have over 20 musicians and there are going to be, uh, some really high level presenters, um, that are going to be presenting, you know, like alongside me, I'll, I'll be facilitating workshops. Uh, but we've got guys like, um, uh, Osmir Samandich, uh, that, uh, or I'm sorry, Samir Osmandich that, that does the, uh, Bosnian pyramids. He's been the researcher at the Bosnian pyramids and, um, you know, Michael Cremo, like talking about our ancient civilizations, Michael Cremo that, uh, you know, wrote, wrote the, the book literally on, uh, the forbidden archeology, span you know, archeology, span archeological evidence that is rejected by the mainstream because it doesn't fit the narrative. And, you know, there, there are many, many people that are going to be presenting there, um, lots of different workshops. It's going to be very exciting. So that's, um, I know that you can check that out on ubuntufest.org is their website for dates and, you know, times, locations, et cetera. So that'll be in April. Um, you know, I uh, expect then in May that I'm going to be coming back to Scandinavia uh, and uh, seeing, seeing clients and seeing friends. So um, at this point, I will be in the Stockholm area. Um, I will be up in the north in uh, Ernschlandsvik and uh, will be, um, you know, visiting uh, some friends and maybe some clients down in the south near Helsingborg or Malmö. Um, and then, uh, we'll see if I can arrange it as well. I, I would love to go back and see my, my friends and clients in Denmark, uh, in Copenhagen or Odense. So that looks like I, I don't have the, uh, the dates specifically arranged for that, but it looks like, you know, the, it'll be coming in the beginning of May 
going from Stockholm up to the north, back down south, and then coming home. Um, following that, uh, there's another conference that I'll be presenting at in August, uh, which is called Soltech 1.0. Um, and this is going to be um, a really exciting um, conference that's being held at the East SETI Ranch in Washington State in the United States. So if you're not familiar with ECETI, it's uh, E-C-E-T-I, which I believe stands for Experiencing Contact with Extraterrestrial Intelligences. Um, this is the ranch that uh, James Gilliland owns uh, in near Mount Adams, Washington, and they have daily interaction with uh, star beings there. They, have, they, they film them with night vision, infrared, regular like visible light spectrum cameras there are ufos constantly going in and out of that mountain and flying around and uh, you know so that's going to be our setting which is going to be really exciting um but the conference itself is going to um you know be uh, uh geared towards you know having people uh you know helping people to to realize some tools for their own self-awakening um you know providing them with tools providing them with techniques um with information uh, so that they can begin this journey, uh, you know, or move farther along on their journey of self-awakening. And so, you know, there, there are going to be some also some very, very interesting presenters and workshop facilitators that are on board for that. And that is in August. I think it's the 9th through the 12th, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so those, um, you know, those those three situations are, are what I already um, know that is coming Um if anybody would like for me to come and speak and present, you know, either in association with those locations or if you, you know, have a, uh, you know, if like, let's say you're in Ireland or something and would like for me to come to Ireland. I mean, I am absolutely open and available to, to traveling as long as we can gather a few people either, you know, for a workshop or, um, you know, for a presentation. So um, I would be happy to, to uh, entertain any of those questions. And if they want to get in contact with you, the best way is just to go to your website. I think there's a contact page there where you can get in contact with, with you. Exactly, yeah. And my, my email is Matthew, which is M-A-T-T-H-E-W, at GammaWaveEling.com. And that's uh, just to spell it out as G-A-M-M-A-W-A-V-E-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. And so that's that's an easy way, but you can just click contact. Yeah. <laughs> I think it says make contact actually, and you just burp, you click that, and then I'll get notified. Perfect, perfect. Um, so I think that's uh, we could uh, guess uh, we could stay here talking for hours upon hours. It's uh, so interesting yeah. to talk to you as always. Uh, I really yeah, enjoyed having well. you on the show, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this as well. Absolutely, it's uh, it's been a pleasure, and um, um, yeah, very excited to. Uh, to see, you know, what's, what's happening in this world. It's so exciting for me to go travel and to connect in with people in other cultures and realize that, that everybody around the world is moving through this shift. Just like I see here in my hometown, I see it in the United States and, um, you know, it's, it's very exciting and, um, we are all in this together, you know, yeah, <laughs> and that's, sure. that's maybe the most exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, I mean, once you start going on the spiritual journey, yes, the more you discover, the more you let go of yourself and just move towards uh, the source, the more amazing it gets. So we're here yeah. to explore. We're here to find out something uh, within us that 
I think is uh, far greater than we can ever imagine. Um, so uh, yeah. let's just uh, hope that we all have a good journey. <laughs> Absolutely. Many, many blessings to us all, <laughs> for sure. So yeah, thank you, Tobias. And uh, yeah, we will catch you soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can do some more episodes in the future. But uh, for now, thank you very much, Matthew. And uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Awesome. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.